Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Social Media Branded, hosted with my being Theo Brancel. I'm an entrepreneur, speaker, author, and social media expert. And today I'm joined by Gustav Wilhelm Hellstedt. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. GW for most people. And he is a serial entrepreneur and dealmaker. And he has done a lot of things in his life. Uh, so welcome Gustav. Thank you uh, and I remember seeing you the first time when you were a little bit younger uh, and I think I wonder if it was in the US or if it was in Sweden well it doesn't matter so I've seen you grow over the years yeah so uh, usually people start off by asking uh, what's your story what do you do uh, but I want to ask you, what are your three greatest change maker moments? Basically, moments in your life that made a huge life change. Oh, that's so easy. Uh, they got three names. It's Jacqueline, Carl, and Eric. It's my three children. That's the biggest achievements in my life. And, and it's not really my achievement, it's a joint achievement between me and, and my ex-wife, the mother of my three children. That's the biggest thing in my life. I'm extremely proud father of three wonderful children. How, uh, how old are them? Uh, 29, 26, 21. And one is already done with, with, uh, with the university. Uh, she's an art director on one of the bigger firms and already winning prizes. Uh, one has studied economy and now changed over to uh, law. So it's going to be double degrees. And one is studying something called PPE, politics, philosophy, economy. And he's scaring his father by saying, oh, I'm going to get five degrees before I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, high, high achievers, uh, they have all entrepreneurial minds. I wonder why. Uh, so it's a fascinating thing as a father to follow their growth. Yeah. And uh, you yourself, has, uh, beside your children, of course, have achieved a lot in the, uh, in the business realm of the world. Uh, so what was, uh, what was your first deal or thing that you did in business? My first deal? Oh, God. Um, going back, I was in like third or fourth grade, and there was a, a catalog where you could uh, buy stuff from. I think it was called Hobex or something like that. I don't know if it's still around. And I bought uh, mini cameras spy cameras and I sold them to my friends for a little bit. I marked them up a bit and I sold them because hey everybody wanted a spy camera but the problem was it was more or less impossible to get film for them and it was absolutely impossible to get the the film developed so it was a very short story uh, but it was you know my first deals but I've, I've been doing deals all my life it's always been buying and selling I started by buying and selling stamps like a lot of kids in my age. So deals has always been on the table. So you've, uh, you're naturally entrepreneurial. I believe so. Uh, it was, I don't know, a way of uh, surviving, a way of making money. We weren't rich. I had a really, really good upbringing, but we weren't rich. And, and if I wanted to accomplish something, I had to do it myself. 
I remember I was envious of my brother. Uh, he had received a, uh, a trip, ski trip from my parents when he was a bit older, uh, he, he's a bit older than me. And when, it was, when I was in the same age, they couldn't do it for me. And I thought, okay, what the heck, I'll do it myself. So I, I started talking to people and found a, a, a trip organizer. And he said, well, if you fill up my bus with people, it's, your, it's free for you, everything. So I thought, okay, how hard can it be? And I started talking to all my friends. And all of a sudden I was traveling to Switzerland to go skiing with all my friends and I didn't have to pay for it. I was 17, I think. <laughs> There's always a way, always a way. So uh, you're a problem solver, you could say. Sorry, I'm a... Problem solver. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. There's always a solution to all the problems. Uh, question is, uh, what does it cost and how much time does it take? So what would you say is the biggest problem you've been a part of solving? Uh, staying alive. <laughs> uh, hey, I've been through a lot in life, so it is partly true. Uh, but it's that question is impossible to answer because every business, every deal, everything has its own problems, and it's very hard to compare them with each other. So it's very difficult to answer. But hey, there is always something you need to overcome, and you need to be staying strong and. and trying to find a solution to everything that happens. When you got into the real, uh, the real business world, uh, did you get a job? Did you become <laughs> partners in the company or? Uh, it's fun you when you say real business world, you have to define what the real business world is. Is this real? What's reality? Define reality. It's in everybody's mind what really, it's your mind what reality is for you and in my mind what reality is for me. But I started, um, uh, what did, where did I start? No, I got a job. I started with a job uh, and very quickly that moved over to starting my own business. And I more or less not been employed since I was in my 20s. Most, most of my life I've been self-employed. That's the answer on that. So what was the first industry that you got into? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that, I have different stories. When I'm on stage, I have stories for how it all started. But the serious, first serious business, first really limited company, um, we took care of, we were janitors taking care of buildings. So we did everything from cleaning the buildings, uh, refurbishing the buildings, uh, painting the roofs. We did everything. So we were like a spider in the net. Whatever happened in a building, we could take care of it. And we had like 20 buildings in Stockholm that we took care of. So that was uh, early 80s, 1980s. So, so was that a business that you started and developed? Yeah. We, we, me and a business partner, we started it from scratch. First job, it was only him and me, was uh, a, a house owner. Uh, he asked us, could we come and paint uh, the roof of one of my buildings? And 
yeah, it was in the city center of Stockholm. So yeah, we got the equipment from him and we went up, uh, I went up on the roof first and brought a rope to tie myself up so I couldn't fall down and all the pain came up and, and all the stuff came up. And then I looked down through the hatch and looked down on my business partner and said, Hey, here's my hand. I'll, I'll, I'll help you up. And he looked enormously scared. And he said, Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm afraid of heights. This is a lesson. Always know your business partner. How, how else would you do business with him? If you don't know him, it's like a marriage. And I didn't know this guy, but Hey, uh, he got over his uh, uh, scare of heights because we had a job to do. Get over it. Move on. <laughs> and we started painting roofs. And from there on, we developed the business into some, so much more. And after I think it was two years or something, I, uh, I got out of it because, well, we didn't really function together. So I sold my part to him and moved on to something else, which I can't really remember what it was. But I always move on. I get bored easily. <laughs> so do you have a favorite type of business or favorite industry that, that, that you've uh, worked on uh, or working in? Oh, favorite industry. Um, I guess you've been having a look at my LinkedIn profile. I've been in multiple uh, different sorts of businesses. I've been a farmer. Uh, I've been an antique dealer, IT entrepreneur, now in PP, security. And what's my favorite? Well, since I happen to really enjoy culture, so antiquities and art, it's always been a huge interest, but it's not a business where I'm in today. I've been in the security field for 15, 20 years. And yeah, that's extremely interesting because it's changing all the time. It's so hard to say what's my favorite because tomorrow it could be something else. I didn't think this PPE industry would be that interesting, but it was an opportunity. But hey, I find it very interesting and it's a rewarding because you actually help people. So difficult to answer, but you got an answer. <laughs> so uh, what is your favorite aspect of uh, business? Is it marketing? Is it selling? Is it uh, managing the business? Or uh, what is it that you like about the business? Uh, oh, wow. That's a trick, tricky, tricky, tricky question. Well, I enjoy connecting people. Uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, and I know quite a lot of people and connecting the dots, uh, you come to me with a problem because this is, I think, the thing that goes through my life. It's solving different problems. So you come to me with your business, you need help with it. I see the problems and I see the solutions and connecting those dots. That's the most rewarding thing ever to see. Oh, wow. Now it functions before it didn't function. Now it functions. So that's extremely rewarding when you can see that. Yeah, I can actually fix that problem. I have the solution and we create that solution together. And all of a sudden I can see the growth in your business. Businesses go through different stages in their life. So you start up with zero and you reach a certain point. And then at this point, you need to change what you're doing because otherwise you can't grow. So there is something called the valley of death. Sounds really, really scary, but it is. 
So when you reach like uh, $1 million uh, turnover, you need to change the way you're working because the way you're working when you start up and you get to this point, that works well there. But to reach between one and $10 million, that's a totally different way of running a business. And if you're the young entrepreneur, yeah, you can reach this level, but to get to the next, you're gonna need help because you don't see how to solve the problems. Get a good coach, something you know quite a lot about, having the best coach in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, have you, you had uh, coaches and mentors uh, your whole life, or is that uh, something you basically gotten later in your life? I, I would say I got it later in life. Um, when I was young, like you, I thought I, I knew everything. I was always the best, uh, always the youngest of everything. But I should have got mentors early on because, of course, I didn't always succeed. And with mentors, I would have succeeded much earlier in life. And the mentors and the coaches are extremely important. So that's something I've actually got much, much, much later in life. Uh, I had a few mentors from the age of around 40 I think 40 years old but actually it's the last 10 years I really used mentors and coaches and that's made a huge change in my life and of course today I am a mentor and coach myself due to the fact that I've been doing a whole lot of things in life and I have a vast experience you need to find a way to convey that to the person sitting in front of you like you right now yeah so you you can see that uh, coaching and mentoring uh, if we're talking uh, percentage wise like you see can you clearly see a difference from when you got coaching and help yeah a huge difference huge difference always surround yourself well hey there is a saying um, if you're the smartest person in a room you're definitely in the wrong room so you need to surround yourself with people that knows more than you. That's the only way for you to grow. That's extremely important. So what are, what are some of the ways that you found new people to get help from? Well, if I get into new business, uh, new area, new field, uh, who is the best in that field? Hey, we got Google today. Uh, so you just start Googling who is the best in, the, in this field of work and where does this person uh, hang on? Uh, how can I meet this person? And I make a list of people I want to know, get to know. And, uh, and I get to know them because most people actually answer the phone if you call them. Uh, yeah, they're extremely busy, but they do answer the phone and they answer emails as well. So there's always a way to reach these people. And if you can't read them, well, you, the circle of people around them, who are they? Can you reach them? Or the next circle, there's always a ladder you can walk up to find the person you really wanted to, uh, to meet with and get as a mentor. And when you ask a very successful person, could you please be my mentor? So far, nobody has said no. They actually feel that, oh, wow, yeah, why not? So don't be scared to ask. That's the best. Just ask the question. Don't I prefer a no 
than, I, than not to know. That's my quote. You can use that if you like. <laughs> so, uh, who's the person that you've had the hardest time reaching uh, in your experience? Hardest time reaching? Well, I haven't managed, uh, but I haven't put all my efforts into it. But I would like to sit down with Richard Branson. Uh, but I must admit, I haven't really, really got that hard into it. I'm pretty sure I can if I want to meet with him. But he is the person I really want to sit down with. He's for the moment uh, top of my list. Uh, Elon Musk would be another one. But I haven't tried. But most likely, I most likely I will. <laughs> I've met a lot of people over my 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 time, and yeah, nothing is impossible. It's all up to you. You can make it happen. Is there a specific reason why you haven't tried yet? Um, before I do that, I want to see what's the reason. Why do I want to do it? I need to have a clear vision. What's my goal? Because if you sit down with a guy like Richard Branson, then you need to have a goal and what's in it for him. So you need to create something around this before you start working on it. Otherwise, it's just going to be another meeting. I've, I've met extremely interesting people and, and sometimes there's not been a reason for me to actually have a sincere discussion with them. And for that reason, it's just been a meeting meeting people that just won their Nobel Prize in physics. Yeah, that was fantastic. But hey, what did I get out of it? And what did he get out of it? Absolutely nothing. So you need to have a clear vision of why. That's why I give a course uh, called uh, Networking in Action. That's where you, I teach you why and how you network. So how do you network? <laughs> I always, uh, if I'm in a business and I need something or somebody, I start, as I said, to try to figure out who it is I want to meet and where this person hangs around. And, and I find a way to reach that person. But if you go on uh, YouTube and Google my name, there is actually, I think, a 45 minutes video about from one of these courses I've given about networking in action. It's in English. So you can actually follow it there. Ha -ha. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, are you open to talk a little bit uh, more what you went through in that video? Or will people have to go and watch it? Oh, I want people to watch it, of course. Or uh, hire me as your networking coach. We can do that. <laughs> There's always a possibility in everything. Uh, and one of our mutual coaches uh, has told us to, uh, you give quite a lot, but not all of it. And you can find a lot in that video, but not all of it. That's where you start. So what do, what do people have to search for to find? Uh, just my, my name on, on YouTube, Gustav Wilhelm Helstedt, and uh, you should be able to find it. Okay. Uh, so go watch that if you uh, are interested in learning more about that. Uh, so I can, I can send you the, the link later if you want to, and you can post it. 
uh, we're obviously both uh, both Swedish, uh, but uh, how is that obvious? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we both speak uh, Swedish. Uh, no, this is English. Didn't you know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, for but you both you and I know each other. But uh, for people that's listening, yes, Gustav and me are both Swedish. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, when uh, did you first take the step to move from uh, just uh, working in Sweden to working around uh, the whole world? The whole world. Uh, I think that came naturally from the beginning. My parents had a network, uh, worldwide network. So my father was out uh, traveling a bit and it was always interesting people coming to our home. And I started early. One of my businesses, early businesses, was actually a school for diplomats. Uh, anyway, uh, so I started school. I was hanging around a lot of diplomats and I realized that they had a lack of knowledge about the country they were going to. So I started a school for foreign diplomats working in Sweden. And that gave me access to all the countries in the world. And I realized, hey, this is a fantastic network. I didn't make a lot of money from the school, but I got the best network in the world. So all of a sudden I can open doors in different countries for Swedish companies. And that evolved to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So from there on, I've been working internationally, uh, most of the time living in Sweden, but traveling a lot. And for a short while I lived in Brussels, but um, yeah. My network is mostly international today. I don't actually, when we talk about PPE products, I don't sell anything in Sweden. Uh, everything is, is internationally. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a favorite country that uh, you just... Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Italy. Italy has it all. It is a beautiful country. Uh, it has a history that is amazing. It has culture. It has opera. It has art. It has fashion. It has the cars. It has the women. Uh, the only thing missing, and you have to go somewhere else for that, is uh, bureaucracy. They have too much. And order. I mean, it's really quite messy. And uh, in politics, it's really messy. So if you want to have some sort of stability there, you go somewhere else. But for the rest, that will make you feel good. Everything is there. The food, oh, wow. So yeah, Italy, number one country. Uh, so so it's more of a, a place where you go to have, uh, have fun. Uh, to have fun, to enjoy a life as such, not only having fun, but enjoying life and feeling good you go there hey you're sweet it's summertime we want to go swimming so what's the t water temperature oh it's 20 degrees oh i'm so happy it's cold it's freezing and you look down into the water it's murky dark water you don't see anything it's scary it's not really nice at all you go to italy hey it's warm and you can see in the water, wow, everything is better when it comes to all of this. Is there a reason why you don't uh, live there? Uh, yeah, I started with mentioning them their names. 
So due to family, um, I want to be close to my kids, but yeah, I can see myself in, uh, in five years, most likely I'm going to have a place in Italy. And I start looking. Anywhere, anywhere specific? Um, we're not going to do it now, but I could describe my place in Italy down to the smallest detail the handles of the door, <clears throat> everything. I can describe everything of this house that doesn't exist. And it's south of Naples. Uh, you got the Amalfi Coast and down from the Amalfi Coast and even further down, somewhere along the coastline. That's where I want to have it, in the south of Italy. It's more genuine than in the north, I would say. Now some Italians will kill me for this, but but uh, the people from Naples won't, and that's the most important thing. Uh, they're the most scary people. Uh, so yeah, south of Italy. So uh, you, you could say that you've thought about it. I've thought about it a lot. And I've been fortunate to travel a little bit in, uh, in Italy, both in the north and in the south, and even up in the mountains skiing. And yeah, so I found that this is the place where, where I, that I like the most. And it's, uh, you can fly to Naples. So about one and one and a half hours south of Naples, I would say would be perfect. Then you can still travel easily. Yeah. And, and the house is on the coastline. It's uh, kind of a, on, a, on a rock on the, on the seaside, but there's a pathway down to the water, of course. And, that's where the boat is as well. And so on and so on and so on. I know exactly what the gates looks like and the, the dry way and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you haven't thought of uh, start building it now so it's uh, done in five years? I'm visualizing all of it and uh, I start looking for a place and we'll see where that takes me. So it's in motion. Okay, so uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, marketing, branding, and uh, sales, and also mm -hmm. uh, social media. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have uh, an opinion uh, about uh, social media and uh, the ties it has to the business world? Social media, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, without social media, everything changes over the years. When I was younger, there was no such thing as internet. So yeah, I'm a bit older than you. Uh, and remember when, when, uh, when internet started and, and you could start doing web pages and stuff. And I saw opportunities in that from the beginning. And now it's changing again. I mean, Facebook was for the young. Now it's for the old. The young are moving away from that to, to everything from TikTok to God knows what. So it's always gonna change, but this is the way we communicate today. So if you don't understand that you need to be on social medias for branding, uh, and it's not only business branding, it's your personal branding as well, because that comes together today. Your personal brand is part of your business brand as well. So you really need to be there. Uh, and I am active now. Right now I'm not extremely active because I've been so focusing on, on other things, but I, I always post things. I have a few followers. So I write a lot of inspirational quotes or uh, I text, inspirational text and 
they are different. I have a certain style on, on uh, Facebook and a slightly different style on LinkedIn. So you need to be able to understand that there are different audiences on these platforms and you got the Instagram and you got all the rest of the, the social, uh, social media platforms, but you need to be there and you need to remember that it's an, it's an empty canvas, right? Like a painting. And you take your, your brush and you start painting stuff. And this is what people will see. So if you're going to paint a cat in your lunch, how interesting will it be for everybody out there to see your cat in different positions uh, and your food? Is that what you want people to remember when they look at you on social media? No, you need to think further than that. <clears throat> so whatever you paint is going to be another painting hanging out there on, on, for the world to see. So what is it you want to convey to others who you are, what you are, what you stand for? So you have to be careful because it's out there and it's very hard to erase it. So think before you post. <laughs> so uh, what's uh, your strategy behind uh, your social media? Oh uh, yeah, that is a very good question. Uh, well, I do have a, a few readers and they, some of them claim that uh, I help them in different ways. I hope that I have inspired a lot of people uh, to move on in their lives, even though if it's hardship to move on from there to reach the next level or whatever it is, I hope that I inspire people. Uh, and that's especially on Facebook, on LinkedIn, it's been articles about us, stuff that also should inspire them for business. So inspiration seems to be the word that comes up all the time. So I hope uh, I've been inspiring. So you don't have a, a set uh, strategy for... Um, I, well, my set strategy is actually to write inspirational text. And depending on what I want out of uh, life for the moment, I can use that to get attention to what I'm doing. But when it comes to like the PPE products, now I haven't used... Um, I haven't used social medias to, to get clients because that's not where you get your clients because the clients I want, they are governments, government agencies, and they don't search for this on, on, uh, on social medias. <clears throat> However, I got uh, a lot of salespeople and they have found clients through, to, for me on social medias. However, that I can see the difference in quality. So the people, the clients I've got from social medias, they've been uh, quite greedy people that wants to earn their commissions and not really looking at the business as such. So there's a, you, you need to understand how the market works. So if you want to get the best clients in this field of work, you need to have the contacts with the actual people. Uh, you don't get that on social medias. So there are different ways of working with it. But to brand myself, it's been social media that's been doing the biggest, uh, uh, well, that's where I've, I've, I've drawn most attention. Okay. So you don't really have a set and goal that in mind that I want to do X and I want to get Y in return. 
Uh, not at present time, because I've been some focusing on, on building a new business, uh, which has not been uh, for social media. But yeah, everything I write is to make people feeling inspired. And I grow from that as well, because I get a lot of feedback. A lot of people are writing me uh, on, on um, Messenger and everywhere and giving me a lot of feedback. And that makes me grow as a person as well. And that is one of my goals with, uh, with writing on, on, on uh, social media. But it's also a bit scary because there are crooks out there that take advantage. So I've been fairly popular on social media, uh, posting with pictures of myself because that's how the, the uh, algorithm works. If you have a picture of you, it be, it's gonna be shown more frequently. And people have been stealing my pictures and doing fake profiles all over the world. So yeah, that's a bit scary and very sad. Uh, one woman was uh, tricked in the US. I think she lost like $80,000 to a scammer. Uh, a woman in Germany was blackmailed through scammers that used my picture. Uh, I am obviously on both Tinder and Match and all sorts of sites uh, with different names. It's always my picture. And over the years, I don't know how many fake profiles I closed down. So that's the backside of being fairly popular on social media. So you have to be careful. People do take advantage of it. You don't think it has something to do with uh, that you're handsome? Absolutely no. I, I can't see that happening, no. No, I, I no. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, uh, the, there will always be uh, people like that, but have you seen that uh, social media has had a positive impact on uh, your personal brand? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's been a very good way to reach out and, and be visible internationally. Uh, and today, if you're going to do business with someone, the first thing they do is uh, check you out on LinkedIn. So you need to have a good LinkedIn profile that tells the story, who you are, what you are, and what you stand for. Because that's where people start. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. They're going to check you out on social medias. What is, how have you been... Uh, showing yourself on social media, so that's gonna have the biggest impact on how people are gonna look at on you when they do, and, and if they wanna do business with you. Again, if you wanna have that empty canvas and fill it with uh, your lunches and your cats, <laughs> well, be my guest, but I won't do business with you. I'm a dog person, so if you show dogs, I will do business with you. Okay, so uh, it's something that uh, you also do when you, uh, will get into business with someone? Always. I Google and I try to find out as much as possible. Like now when I, when I do this, uh, having deals uh, about uh, face masks and, and gloves and whatever it is, who's the end client? If, is there a name? There's a letter of intent, there's a proof of funds, all kinds of, of uh, documents. You always have to, go all the way 
to talk to the people that written the, the, the documents, signed the documents. And where do you find them? Well, through internet and a lot on LinkedIn. If they're not on LinkedIn, are these serious people? Really? If you are a serious person today, you are most likely having a profile on LinkedIn. How does your LinkedIn profile look like? Uh, it's uh, okay. Uh, I'm uh, currently working on improving it. Uh, Good. I'm going to have a look after this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you, uh, both you and I uh, have uh, learned a lot about branding from uh, JT. Uh, yes. And I, I'm curious, when did you uh, first uh, see him or meet him? Oh, wow. Uh, the years goes by quickly, quickly. Um, uh, he was starting to come to Sweden. I think it was his on his second or third visit to Sweden. Uh, and I've seen him on, on again, social medias doing his, his uh, commercials. And it was a Saturday and Sunday. It was a two-day event. And I saw that, hey, I got nothing in my schedule. Either I go out window shopping or I go listen to this dude from America. So I went to this uh, at the Sheraton in Stockholm, uh, this event, and oh God, it was so American. Oh, I hated it. Oh gosh, terrible. And I was sitting in the back of the room and I thought, if this gets boring, I'm going to sneak out immediately. So that's why I was in the back of the room. And they were, you know, oh, cheering, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, I just hated it. But then JT arrived and he was this really tedious, extremely American person. And I really, really didn't like the way he was uh, uh, acting. And, but the, the, you know, the hours just floated by. And at the end of the day, I realized I'm still here. I have my notebook and the notebook is full. So I was sitting there saying to myself, I hate this, but I'm still writing down things all the time. So I said, what is it I'm hating? It's a different culture, get over it. I'm learning. Did I, did I know all of this stuff? A lot of it I knew. Hey, I'm, I'm experienced. But I wasn't implementing any of it. I just knew it all the stuff that I was writing, but I didn't implement it. So I started thinking, okay, this guy isn't too bad, right? <laughs> uh, I have a hard time with his American way, but that's my problem. I have to get over it, but I can learn. So of course I showed up for the second day. And first half of that day was brilliant. And the second half of that day was, again, nothing for me because they were really hardcore selling. And I wasn't buying, <laughs> but then he was coming back to Sweden and I bought my first session with him. And that was also a bad decision from my side because I bought something that I wasn't prepared for sitting with him for 30 minutes or whatever it was for a shitload of money. Be prepared for that. I just, you know, did it. So that was stupid of me. Uh, but, I continued and I have continued for years. 
so that's how I, I met him and I've been uh, I've been on stage in the US and I've, I've done a lot of things with JD I've been into his house as well so I learned a lot thank you <laughs> did, did, when uh, you bought the coaching session with him uh, didn't you learn anything or uh, what was to be honest it wasn't his fault but I would say no it was my fault because if you're gonna learn you need to be prepared and open-minded for it and i wasn't prepared to do the best of that time that i paid for it's not up to him it's up to you to do that so it was my fault uh, but i realized that and that's why i came back and that's why i also later on uh, uh, had a few days sessions with one of his coaches um and well i've been working with with different coaches and, and learning a lot from jt and of course read his books and listened to all his pods and yeah i've been doing all of that <laughs> and very happy about it and i still go back and and read through my old notes and and i i still learn from it are you still uh, part of the organization or uh, have well, you... What do you mean by part of the organization? I still follow it. I haven't been to, well, hey, it's Corona. We're doing nothing right now uh, with uh, meeting up. But I still follow everything. I, uh, fantastic network through the community around the AT. A lot of fantastic good friends, business partners. Yeah, uh, it's just amazing. Thank you. <laughs> you you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you're part of it. There's a reason why I'm sitting here, because we met through JT Fox uh, organization and at different events. And we all grow from it. So yes, uh, JT's been amazing. You don't have to love the guy. He's not there for that reason. He's not asking for you to love him. He's asking you to follow what he's saying and listening to him. And of course, pay for it. <laughs> yeah. It's a business. Hey, get over it. <laughs> uh, but the, the, it's absolutely worth it. Yes, it is. You said the, that no hesitation. There was no hesitation. Not a, not a second. It's a, yes, it's worth it because you do learn. And he's been surrounding himself with good coaches, not only for himself, but uh, giving you the opportunity to use them as well. That's something to remember. Whatever he's been learning, he's also giving you. He's been paying for it, but he's been bringing it forward. Have you had, uh, have you bought into other uh, coaching uh, businesses or coaching people uh, that you've tried but didn't see the same results? Uh, without mentioning names, yes. <laughs> uh, I tried something else as well. Uh, didn't work out that well. Did cost me an arm and a leg and a shirt and some underwear. Uh, but it wasn't worth it, no. But there are, different, there, there are multiple different coaches out there. And of course, uh, I'm a curious person. I try. <laughs> so what do you think... Uh you want to do next uh, or the, are you just in the moment right now with the PPE? 
Right now, I am in the moment for this, uh, but uh, always looking at the next step uh, to see where I can go. But uh, I'm here to do the deals. I love doing the deals. I don't focus especially on the money. I'm focusing on doing the deals. And right now, I'm enjoying myself doing the deals. But this is an opportunity. What happened was that in, in January, February, uh, I realized that getting consultancy work and doing all of that, it stopped due to Corona. And nobody wanted to meet with you and uh, have meetings at all. And you couldn't gather groups to coach or you couldn't do anything. So I thought, okay, this is bad, but there's always an opportunity in everything bad. So you need to see what, what's the opportunity? What does people need right now? And since I've been in the security field for uh, civil security for 15, 20 years, it was easy for me to see, okay, they're gonna need equipment. They're gonna need the face mask, the gloves, uh, shields, whatever. So I thought, how hard could it be? I know people. And I started, you know, calling around and, and, and then it started growing. And all of a sudden I had an organization of, of between 20 and 40 people working with me or for me. And I was talking to the world about this equipment. And you can call me and say, hey, I need this and this, and I could always get it. It was too much. And then I started focusing on a couple of products instead. And then it was easier to grow because you spread out too thin. It doesn't work. Yeah. So there's an opportunity in whatever is going on in the world. I think I've written an article about opportunities. Could be on my LinkedIn. Do, have you always been focused on doing and making the deal or was there a time when you were focused on just the money money yeah when i was younger it was all about the money that's why i didn't make it <laughs> stop focusing on the money it's not it's not the thing money will come when you do the right thing and uh, did you see the an immediate shift when you did that uh, mindset Shame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Enormously. It's all in your mind. Uh, read um, uh, a book, uh, Napoleon Hill. Uh, rich. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's your mindset. See, you know all of this. <laughs> <laughs> has, it, has it worked out for you? Uh, not quite yet. Uh, I'm uh, still uh, in the process of building momentum, uh, but I have some really fun stuff uh, uh, on the horizon. Oh, we need to discuss that. Yeah. We can do that afterwards. Yeah. I, I'll give you some free coaching. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, was it that made you do that shift in your mindset? Um, coaching. I was coached. That's where it, it originates about, from. I didn't, uh, I didn't get it in, on my own. So I, somebody told me. And somebody actually gave me good advice because I am coaching people. And uh, I spoke to one of my coaches and he said, well, you know the answers on the questions you're asking me because you coach people. Yeah, but I'm asking you, well, do like this. 
figure yourself sitting at your desk and you have a client on the other side, but the client is yourself. So you ask yourself the question you just asked me, what would you answer? And then, hey, that was simple. Yeah, I've got the answers. I have them in myself, in here. I just needed to think in the right direction. So that was actually really good advice. So it's easy to coach yourself uh, after a while when you realize that, yeah, you've got the knowledge, but you need to put yourself in a position where you actually see yourself as, a, as another person and you coach yourself. Yeah. I, I see it the opposite. That, uh, I mean, of course, I know all my problems and I know the solution to them. But uh, because I'm myself, I see, well, I'm myself and I, uh, I don't know what to do. It's yeah, you need to, you, you're young, you need to be slapped around a bit. Yeah, I can do that easily. <laughs> Come here and I'll kick your, your ass, no problem. But yeah, it is actually true. Uh, you need to be held accountable by somebody. You need to have somebody who's telling you, hey, shithead, move on. <laughs> you need that kind of stuff. But a lot of your problems you can solve yourself by actually... Yes, thank you. And Napoleon Hill, yeah, <laughs> mindset. Do, do I mean, what, before you go to bed, what happens in your head? And in the morning, what happens in your head? That's gonna put your mindset for the day, right? Do, do you have something that uh, you do when you go to bed or when you wake up? To yeah. put yourself in the, in the right position? Uh, for sure. Uh, I uh, meditate before I get up and I meditate before I fall asleep. I have my special things that I think about, uh, how to focus and, and visualizing what I want to be and all of that. Yeah. It's the same thing every morning, every night. But that's my, that's my personal stuff. But yeah, I do uh, meditate. And I can meditate during the day as well. If I'm having a bad day, because we always have that as well, then I sit down for a while and I meditate. I need to change my mindset. If I get angry, why? Anger, what is anger? You need to always uh, analyze what's going on. So it's something you just do to keep yourself balanced. It's something I do to grow and, of course, keep a balance. But it's also to grow and to reach my goals. It's not something you just do. If you just do it, it's not going to help, does it? No, it doesn't help at all. It is for a reason. I need to visualize. I, I want to reach this. I want to be there. How do I get there? And I need to visualize the trip and, and back engineer it to what I have to do within the hour to actually be there in five years. Because you have your goal and what is it in the different steps you need to do? And if you back engineer it, you realize that, yeah, to be able to be there in five years, I need to maybe meet this person or start writing this today. So get on with it. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, one last question for you, and uh, then uh, uh, we, we can talk a little bit more uh, after we stop recording, which is yep. uh, 
do you have happiness and how do you get it? What, what is happiness? Then it's a definition. It's very subjective happiness, isn't it? Uh, it's happiness for you is maybe not happiness for me. And happiness is a judgment in a way, how you judge yourself and your life. Uh, and I would say I'm mostly happy. Doesn't matter in, in where I am in life. I'm mostly happy. I have a positive attitude towards everything. I can, I can kind of twist and turn everything into something positive. Otherwise I would have been dead long ago because I've been through quite a lot in life. I've been, you know, ups and downs in life. JT talks about when he slept on a, he was uh, showering at the gym and then sleeping on a couch somewhere. Yeah, I've been on the streets, sleeping on the streets. I know how it is, and, but I still keep a positive attitude, doesn't matter what happens. So yes, I, for sure, I am happy. I'm always happy. Do I have bad days? We all do. But that's when you start uh, using your brain again and uh, meditate and you find your happiness again. And we started with one thing and I said, I have my three biggest achievements. It's my children. They are also my happiness. So it's a full circle now. We started with the three children and we end with the three children because they give me what I need happiness okay so there you have it everyone if you want happiness have kids <laughs> <laughs> well not everybody can have kids so you need to find your own happiness so yeah. this is my happiness but have a positive attitude there is always something positive in everything even in the worst scenario in your life you need to find something positive in it when i lost everything in my life and i i was sleeping in the in the basement of a building and i was lying there feeling really 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 bad and i thought okay i don't have a roof over my head i said no i actually do have a roof over my head true because i was sleeping in this basement on this building it wasn't my building and i wasn't allowed to be there but it was a roof right how many people in the world don't even have that so I felt, hey, I'm fortunate. I'm not actually on the streets. I have a roof. So there is always a way to find happiness. Okay. So right. I think yeah, that's a good way to close this out. And uh, do you have anything you would like to promote? Um, Except well, video? You can always contact me. I am on social medias. Uh, I constantly answer everything that's written. Every time people write to me, I answer. So if you want to contact me, you, you can message me through LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever. Uh, so reach out and I will um, answer your questions and I'll be there for you. Okay. So right. there you have it. Okay. Bye-bye.